And good morning to you, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. Happy Thursday around here. Matt Neely and I call it Friday Eve. Happy Friday Eve, Matt Making the magic happen, as always, on the other side of the glass. Happy Friday Eve, and uh, tomorrow we'll celebrate something crashing into the moon. So it's uh, <laughs> as we careen into the weekend. As we there careen, will be some correct space junk careening into the moon, but it's going to be okay. That's what uh, Vishnu Reddy told us earlier and this if, week on this show. The yeah. Chinese space junk, it's going to be okay. And if they listen to your podcast, you can hear the story about uh, how it was identified from here. That's right. Yeah, originally it was thought to be a SpaceX uh, rocket part, but the the uh, team at the University of Arizona figured that out pretty quick. And uh, yeah, it's a, it a good good show. So things are going to careen tomorrow, but we're safe today because it's it's still Friday Eve. <laughs> oh, Matt, making the magic happen mm-hmm. as always. Uh, I'm looking forward to our show today and a topic that I have been focusing more and more on on the show. And it's so important to me that I wanted to spend the entire hour on it. And our guest today was generous enough with her very limited time to give us that hour. Um, But the topic is water. We're going to talk about uh, water security and water resources here in the region. And that's what we're going to do today. 520-790-2040 is the live line our guest used to join us. She is Sharon Megdahl the director of the Water Resources Research Center at the University of Arizona. That's our show. That's our guest. That's our topic. Sharon, thank you so much for your time this morning. I can't thank you enough as we talk about one of the most important issues for the future of our state. Good morning to you. Well, good morning. Thank you for having me on. Happy to be here. Absolutely. So we've had a few other guests to kind of queue up this conversation from the CAP and the Arizona Department of Water Resources. And uh, Sharon, to kick us off, I want to ask the question that I asked them, and I want to get your thoughts. It's a pretty simple question, but it's a big question. Does Arizona have enough water? Well, Zach, how long do we have? I could spend the whole time answering the question. It's a simple question with a very complex answer. So it, it depends. If, you, if you're if you asking about in the areas where we regulate groundwater, the active management areas, where Tucson is one of them, it depends upon if you're saying indefinitely, do we have an infinite supply for all uses? And the answer is no for that. Um, do we have enough water if we plan well and we manage our resources wisely? I think the answer to that is yes. But I think that we have to recognize Arizona is a very big state. The way we manage our water resources varies by state, uh, by parts of the state, excuse me. And some areas are using groundwater that won't last forever. Uh, other areas are using more renewable supplies. It was one time estimated that there was enough water to serve 38 million people in Arizona, but that meant you used all the water resources for people. You know, no farming, no industry, no riparian areas. So the answer is we will have enough water if we do good planning and good management. 
Uh, if we don't, then some areas may find themselves water short. Sharon Megda, you know, I I want to start off our conversation too with some of the 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 I called you after I came out of a conversation around water recently, where I started to notice all the conversation is around kind of the the the, the scarcity of it, and and that's why I wanted to ask the question I asked at the start, and I think you gave the nuanced answer that we should all be talking about and we should all be communicating around but so often our water conversation doesn't get to the solutions i remember i spent a day in a uh, in a conversation around arizona's water resources and speaker after speaker after speaker spoke to the aridity the scarcity the challenges and certainly as you said we don't have infinite resources. We can't draw down all that water for maxing 38 million people. I don't know of a politician or a policymaker uh, that wants to do that. Um, but it never got to, here's what we need to do um, to uh, make sure that our water resources are sustainable. In our next segment, Sharon, I want to ask you, you call, uh, you call it uh, wicked water problems. Uh, but just to set the table here before we go to our first break, for our listeners, what is the catalog of available water resources? When we talk about what water do we have in the state of Arizona, what are all the different streams, no pun intended, uh, of those water resources? Well, fundamentally, you know, we have a few sources that uh, have we've been relying on and can rely on. We have groundwater and that's, you know, water underground in aquifers. Uh, where it is and how much is there varies a lot. Uh, Tucson happens to have uh, aquifers with a lot of water in storage, but if you use it, it's not replenished by nature. So you have to think of it as a bank account. If you keep pulling out, you're not putting in, you can run out of that water source. Or, so that's groundwater. We have uh, some rivers and streams that flow and provide water. The Salt River Project System up in the Phoenix area is very important to the Phoenix region. It collects water from a large watershed in Arizona and then delivers water to Phoenix. We have the Central Arizona Project that is bringing in Colorado River water. It's river water. We'll probably want to talk a little bit about the lack of good health of the Colorado River system. So you have groundwater, you have surface water, we have effluent or reclaimed water, which is uh, usually highly treated wastewater. That's actually, by Arizona law, considered its own source of water. We have rainwater that can be captured by people's homes and so forth. And um, really, stormwater, you know, which is large-scale rainwater, those are the sources. Um, you know, we could talk about importing it, moving it you know, changing the quality, but those are basically the sources that we talk about. And how is Arizona doing on the 100-year uh, requirement? State law, if I'm remembering correctly, requires new development um, of any, really any kind to abide by a 100-year water resource. Are we, are we do, still doing good under that requirement? That requirement is a good requirement, and it really is a, a very strong consumer protection, but it only exists 
in certain parts of the state. And that goes back to where I was saying a few moments ago that the situations vary in different parts of the state. And so in Tucson, Phoenix, uh, Prescott, down Santa Cruz, you've got a requirement to show 100 years of assured water supply for new development, uh, community development. That's a good program. But there are a few buts about that. Maybe we want to talk about that after the break, if you need to go to break. But some areas of the state have no protections regarding that other than a developer has to show the Department of Water Resources it has adequate water supplies. And if the Department of Water Resources says it does not, they can still go ahead with some disclosure and sell properties. So the, the consumer protections vary across the state. They're very good in the active management areas for the most part. But maybe we should talk a little bit about Pinal County and their situation with assured water supply. Because, mm. again, I'm sorry, I can't give you simple answers to these questions because there are no right. simple answers. Well, that's, Sharon, the reason for spending the full hour on this is because I know our listeners are paying attention to this issue. We don't want the simple answers. It's not... Uh, a, a simple a simple topic. So let's get let's get into the weeds. Sharon, you're right. Let's go to our first break of the hour. When we come back, uh, you've done uh, a, a lot of work, literally titled Arizona's Wicked Water Problems. Uh, we've talked about the resources that we have. We've talked about the nuanced answer to the question: Does Arizona have enough water? But I want to talk about. Uh, what is on people's minds, and that is, what are some of our water challenges? So we're going to go to our first break of the hour. We have Sharon Megdahl with us for the entire hour, the director of the Water Resources Research Center at the University of Arizona. That's where we're going next. Don't go anywhere, Tucson. You're listening to Tipping Point on AM 1030 KVUI. The Voice will return in a minute. news at the top and bottom of every hour 1030 the voice trusted local news and talk in 2021 fc tucson was just getting started we're building something special that all of tucson can be proud of don't miss fc tucson in action in 2022 secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the fc tucson app in the app store or google play to get updates on mls preseason as fc tucson welcomes the biggest teams in u.s soccer in january and february In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest 
Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. Hey guys, and yeah, I mean guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I'm hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I don't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. If you're ready for a three-month journey to help better your health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. This show is sponsored in part by Little Love Burger today, opening downtown last fall. They're serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Little Love Burger and mention that you heard about them here on this show uh, the next time you go in for a 15-1-5% discount off your next meal. Our good friends over at Little Love Burger. We're with Sharon Megdahl uh, this morning. Uh, for the full hour here of this uh, Drive Time Thursday edition of the program, Sharon's the director of the Water Resources Research Center at the University of Arizona. Might I add, Sharon, that for the fifth year in a row, the University of Arizona has earned the top spot in the United States for its work in the field of water resources. We have literally some of the smartest people in the world uh, working on the issue of water resources and water security in this state and beyond, and uh, I, you are certainly one of those. Sharon, uh, we talked a little bit about the water resources we have available to us in this state, uh, but we've got about eight or nine minutes here. Walk us through what you call the wicked water problems here in the state of Arizona. What should we be worried about related to our water resources? Well, let me first give a little bit of a definition of what's a wicked problem. So, and, and the key thing is that it's a problem that's not easy to solve, but you work over time toward addressing it, toward mitigating it. You know, it's not something where, oh, if I just fix this or do this, we're fine. And, and so wicked problems are often connected to uh, things like 
climate change or poverty or things that are big, big issues. And so I consider the imbalance between supply and demand as you look to the future, either at local levels, state levels, regional levels, one of those wicked problems because it's not like one thing can fix it. And I'll give you the example that people like to talk about as, well, if we just conserve water, if everybody uses less, won't that fix the problem? And that's part of the solution, conservation. But if you look at almost anywhere where water issues are discussed and water scarcity, conservation by itself will not be the fix. And then you might say, well, let's import water. And we've been doing that with the Colorado River water now for in the Tucson area for 30 years. But the flows of the Colorado River are declining. And so what you have to do is constantly be working on it. And the good news is people are constantly working on it. Not only the great researchers and and, uh, students and staff at the university, but of course the water managers, be they utility people, be they agency people. But these wicked problems, they're, they're not simple and they're big. And so what are our challenges? Our challenges are that we want to make sure we have enough good quality water for the vibrant vibrant economy that Arizona is, and we want Arizona to stay. And while people may have different opinions about growth and you know letting more people into Arizona, people are coming to Arizona. And we want to make sure that um, it's good for the new people and, of course, the existing people. So the challenges are making sure we're using our water resources wisely, that people know about the water resources. So thank you, Zach, for all the time you're spending on your show and your personal time and getting informed so that they understand what the options are for the solutions and can then influence the decision makers about these solutions. So, so often, this was a big mantra, still is a big mantra in academia, is communicate with the decision makers so that the decision makers understand the work done and the research and the opportunities and options. And, of course, you want to do that. I like to talk about the fact that every one of us uses water, every one of us is a water stakeholder, And every one of us who votes is a decision-maker influencer if we write letters and things like that. So it's important to look at what the options are to address the fact that if you project, if you look at water resources available over time and demand, there tends to be an imbalance. We're not not living here in Arizona in a water-rich environment. Again, going back to the theme about situations differing by communities, Tucson has a very uh, good water portfolio and good water planning. So the people in Tucson should be getting uh, water available to them for a long time to come. There's, There's not a problem, but the water utilities are always planning for the future. At the same time, you hear about other areas where people may have their own wells, wells are running dry because there is unregulated groundwater pumping going on, and they're pulling from the same aquifer without regulations, and the deepest straw, the strongest well, 
will kind of win that battle. Um, and so you hear about not only in parts of Arizona, but other places in the West and other areas where people have to drill new wells for their home, make their wells deeper, change the pumps and so forth. So the, the, that's a big picture that we're all dealing with. And then you start looking at what are the options. And one of the things that I mentioned, climate change, that's really, really hitting home to people is that we've known that a river like the Colorado River, the water availability is cyclical. You'll have droughts. The tree ring studies from the University of Arizona show there are droughts. But what we do seem to have is a tendency toward this aridification that we can't necessarily count, even when you smooth out the cycles, on as much flow of the river. And so that's something that really in the last couple of years, with the poor uh, runoff in the Colorado River compared to average conditions, let's say in the 90s, that's driven home the point that, well, we really need to prepare perhaps for less water in the long term coming through the Colorado River. Again, short term, Tucson Water, Tucson, the other water providers who have Central Arizona project allocations are not affected. But if this dryness, if the lowering of the level of Lake Mead continues, there won't be enough water to meet all the commitments to deliver water by the Central Arizona Project. Yeah, the little known fact that was interesting to me to learn, and and we'll segue from those words, Sharon, to our third segment, where I really want to talk, maybe that takes us to the rest of the hour, of, okay, these are some of the challenges. What are the policy choices? What are the things we need to be doing to manage for the growth uh, of the future? Uh, Tucson Water, I just found this out, Sharon, brings in 144,000 acre feet of water for the region. This is a Tucson data point. The Tucson region only uses about 90,000 acre feet of that and has for some time now been storing and preserving the other 50,000 in aquifers uh, to make this region strong in advance of any water cuts. And what I think is interesting, Sharon, is what we don't talk about enough here in Tucson uh, is that Tucson Water has been, I think, doing some of the best work in the entire state in preparing this region uh, for any water scarcity or security challenges in in the future. Sharon Megdahl is with us. She's the director of the Water Resources Research Center at the University of Arizona. We're going to go to our uh, bottom of the hour news break, visit some of our sponsors, hear some news. When we come back, we'll talk about what do we do to uh, preserve our water resources and our water security in the state of Arizona. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in just a minute. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. 
1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural law sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, the in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. We are here this full drive time hour, this Thursday edition of the program with Sharon Megdahl, the director of the Water Resources Research Center at the University of Arizona, which five years running uh, is top in the nation in this field. I've mentioned this on the show before. We live in a desert. Uh, Aridification is happening. Growth is happening. This is a complex, thorny topic, but we don't talk enough about the fact that we have some of the smartest people in the world here, literally in our home, uh, figuring this out and working on this. And I think our approach should be problem-solving towards the future, not just managing scarcity, which we have to do, but also creating abundance and figuring out how do we meet the needs of the future. And so often our water conversation doesn't go in that direction, uh, but this is what Sharon does, is think about this 24-7. We have her on the show uh, this this uh, th- this full hour. Uh, Sharon, you mentioned in the first couple of segments, uh, kind of, does Arizona have enough water? We talked about that. What are our water resources and what are some of our problems? You know, listeners, I told you, Sharon, I really engage on this topic. I've, I've heard things like, you know, does our 100-year requirement that we have to meet today, for example, uh, meet what is what growth is going to happen you know in the next 10 to 20 years and i think we're going to see some massive population growth uh some listeners have said uh look we can't keep spending 70 to 80 percent of our water which we do on agricultural products that go outside of the nation's boundaries is that benefiting uh, is that benefiting Tucson? Uh, there is water that California is banking in Arizona, I believe. Does that count in our water resources? Because it's not our water, it's California's water. Um, there's some Missouri River 
uh, water that may be talked about routing into the Colorado River. There's uh, Our listeners are intent on this, Sharon, and I think have a good eye for the problems what are some of the policy solutions? What are some of the, what are the two or three things that we should be working on, or maybe are working on currently, uh, to make sure that we have a secure water supply as we grow into the future? Well, you've really done a nice job, Zach, of kind of laying the land, laying the waters, so to speak, of uh, kind of what what are the questions? You're you're getting the same questions I get all the time when I give talks and other things, and so. Just to put it in context, we live in a, a, a free market economy, a capitalist society, and so we don't, uh, within laws, we don't say uh, you can not export a crop or you can export a crop. We don't have that kind of detailed, granular control. And it is a fact that we export some of our water of Arizona to other states and other countries. We also import a lot of water, some of it from other water-scarce areas. So that's just kind of how the system works. We're not a self-sustaining state. We're not a self-sustaining community in Tucson. I know some people would like to see us be totally self-sustaining, but that's just not the, the reality of where we are. And so the question of agricultural water use, it comes up. And agriculture, it has some of the kind of most secure groundwater rights that was part of the Groundwater Management Act in these active management areas. Agriculture is not restricted in certain parts of the state. And so it will be the economics of agriculture, the economics of land use, that will really drive what you see producers doing with their land and their water resources. So if markets are good, they'll be producing crops that have good value on the market. So, and, and, and if the land is, becomes very valuable for housing, well, what has happened over the last, you know, 50 or more years? Agricultural lands go out and, and houses go in. But a key thing about what agriculture is producing and what irrigation methods it's using is that change can be difficult. It can involve cost. And so if there is a desire to encourage uh, different irrigation methods, such as drip, where drip hasn't been used, or different crops, you need to figure out how it can work for the farmers to try these new things see if they work, and then see if the change makes sense. And in fact, that is going on. Up in uh, Pinal County, where Casa Grande is, there are studies going on regarding the use of waiuli, which is a synthetic rubber. And that's a different kind of crop. It takes a couple years for the crop to be cultivated and so forth. And so there are efforts looking at different crops. That's just one example. There are studies and pilots going on using different irrigation methods. There's a relatively new Israeli company called N, like the N letter N for novel trip. They are doing some pilots with some uh, private sector farmers, with some tribal uh, agricultural entities, 
to see can this work instead of furrow irrigation or flood irrigation. So these things are happening, but the change won't occur quickly because the farmers are economic, you know, agents. They're they're making decisions based on the economics. So in certain cases, we need to think about how to incentivize some of that, those trials and some of those changes. Conservation, of course, I mentioned already, is a very, very important thing in all sectors. Yep. But you have to think about the implications. Back about farming. If they become very efficient, so the water's all used by the crop, the water doesn't seep underground and possibly recharge the aquifers. So you have to think about the whole cycle there. But one thing that I like to talk about that is not in my area of expertise is this question of the built environment. How do we design communities and how do we design buildings? And earlier you said something about plentiful water. I don't remember the exact word you used. But we have to uh, act like we live in the desert. You said that. We live in the desert. Somebody was it. A water manager said, now let's act like it. So when we design our communities, let's not emulate the Midwest or the East like we were doing for many years. And we're moving away from that. But show how you can live in the desert responsibly with your water use and, and be very judicious in your outdoor water use at the residential level mm. because that's where a lot of the municipal water use is, is happening, outdoors. Not so much indoors. We've got low-flow toilets, right. you know, more efficient washing machines. Yeah, Sharon, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that because, again, the the urban and individual use of water is actually a relatively small percentage of, of water use. In our fourth segment and final segment here in just a couple of minutes, Sharon, I'd love to talk augmentation uh, with you. How do we create and add in new water resources? But when it comes to managing our CAP supply, when it comes to watching Lake Mead and the Colorado River, uh, and we know that there are tier one, we're in a tier one shortage, water shortage right now. Um, anything we need to be doing here to close out this segment, Sharon, around conserving our current water supply that maybe we aren't doing today? Anything we should be doing? Well, I think every one of us should look at how we're using water and say, do I need to use all this water? Uh, or do, are there things I can do? And I, I have to tell a funny story, and, and the person at the university will know. I was walking out of McHale Center uh, the, recently after a basketball game in the evening. It was a, maybe a weekend Saturday night game, and the irrigation's going on along the mall at the university. And I don't care if it's at reclaimed water or not, purple pipe, because we are doing a good job reusing water through the reclaimed system. And it was going over the sidewalk and in the street, and there were bubblers that were just bubbling. And so I stopped, took my phone out, took some photos, sent it to somebody I know who at the university that I knew would get it to the right person. We've got to stop that. And, and they, they responded to me right away and said, well, thank you for sending the photos. The, the bubblers go on at night. We don't have people out there watching. But that's an example of, First of all, you know, not checking on our systems, having leaks or whatever. But also, I love the University of Arizona Mall, and I'm not trying to pick on the university, but you asked a question, I'm giving you an answer. Do we need all of that green grass? 
we have on the mall. Again, even if we're using reclaimed water, that's a valuable water resource, and we have to look at the whole of all the water resources and use every one of the water sources that we talked about earlier in the show wisely. Sharon Megdahl is with us, the director of the Arizona uh, University of Arizona Water Resources Research Center at the University of Arizona. You know, I think that we're, we're going to go to our final break of the hour. When we come back, I want to talk about um, augmentation because I think we've we've talked about, you know, if I had to summarize what Sharon has said, what you've said, Sharon, it's that, you know, look, if we manage and conserve our water wisely, we can have a run of economic and population uh, expansion, which I think is inevitable, by the way. I don't think that's a policy choice. It's inevitable. Arizona is a growing state. Um, that, that we have a reasonably sustainable future when it comes to water. We got to make sure that we are conserving and using well when it comes to Colorado River uh, and Lake Mead. Um, we have to make sure we're managing rainwater, stormwater, uh, the Salt River Project. Uh, we need to continue to bank and sustain our groundwater uh, resources as well. Um, that's the conservation part, but there's this creation part. How do we create more water resources? Governor Doug Ducey talked about a number of ways in his state of the uh, uh, state of the state address. The one that got all the press, Sharon, was desal, was desalination. I want to talk to you when we come back from our final break of the hour about ways that we can augment. Uh, resources, not just conserve, but to create new resources for a growing state. That's where we're going after the break. Don't go away. We'll be back for one more segment on Tipping Point with Sharon Megdahl here on 1030 The Voice. Local and national politics, the issues that matter to you. 1030 The Voice, Tucson's trusted local news and talk. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Hey guys, and yeah, I mean guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, and the sustainable strength system is for you. I'm hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I don't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. If you're ready for a three-month journey to help better your health and strength, go to sustainablestrengthsystem.com. 
1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. This is Bill Buckmaster coming up during the noon hour, Pima County Supervisor Steve Christie on 1030, Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. back to sun and all of southern arizona here on tipping point our guest this entire drive time hour of the program on this beautiful friday eve also known as thursday uh, is sharon megdahl the director of the water resources research center at the university of arizona the institution by the way which has been number one in the country for five years running on this topic we literally have some of the smartest people in the world managing uh the thinking and policy behind our water resources uh sharon uh, we're going to talk about desalination maybe some other augmentation resources, ways to not just conserve but create uh, new water resources for a growing state. That's how we'll close. But listener Rick is on the line. We try to take calls as we can. Rick, thanks for holding. Uh, what's your question for Sharon this morning? Go ahead. Well, good morning. And I don't want to get you in a political uh, war with the city of Tucson, but over the years, uh, the Southern Basin for the recharge facility, which the city has a right to to you maximize, but right now there's apparently 7,000 acre feet of available recharge, and their anti-mining position against Rosemont Copper has left that area, and Rosemont's willing to recharge. It has nothing to do with the mine support of the mine. It's a totally independent issue. The CAP board approved it, and, gave, and the city has first right of refusals, and now they're talking about lawsuits. How do we get through the, the political arena and realize water is an independent issue related to mining or development or all these other things? And I'll leave it there. Thank you. Rick, thanks for your call. Sharon, any, any thoughts on that? We did have Mark Taylor from the CAP on, I think, before this certain issue uh, a couple months ago. But any thoughts, Sharon, from your point of view on that? Yes. Uh, well, thank you, Rick, for the question, and it's a tough one. I'll uh, I'll admit that. And I did serve on the CAP board for 12 years, but I didn't run for a third term, so I haven't been on since uh, January of 2021. So 
the let me kind of turn it into a bit of a positive direction in that we have these storage facilities and it's important to try to store water near where it's being used and Tucson Water has done a great job of that all of the storage that it's been doing in the Avra Valley they've got recovery wells right there and earlier on Zach I talked a little bit about the groundwater and declining but we if we manage it properly through recharging recovery we can be using pumped water but in a, a renewable fashion and that's what's happening in the South Avra Valley uh, by Tucson Water other water providers in our region are, are, are moving to kind of greater connectivity between the storage of the water and the pumping of the water for use. And so as, as, as I see this in the Pima Mimer recharge facility that you're referring to, it is, you know, in the area where uh, Tucson Water stores and others have stored and the mine wanted to store there. The political issues are there and I just don't want to get into them. The issue of, um, the the water that's actually being stored is some of the contract water believe that's held by community water company of green valley and they entered into an agreement with with the mine and so you've got a water provider in the region of near that mining uh near that recharge basin you've got the mining use and it's this whole complicated set of institutions and the permit for the plant and it i i think Maybe, and this is just, it was part surprise, but, you know, the, the CAP board has very good legal advice. Tucson Water has very good legal advice, but it would be much better if they could resolve this and not go to court. Because I want to say, Colorado River Basin-wide, we recognize the last place you want to go is to the courts, because all that tends to do is help the lawyers. I have lots of friends who are lawyers, but... <laughs> So it would be nice if, if they could figure something out. But it, it, it is a tough issue because it is connecting issues of mining that's very controversial to our region. We know that if you you know keep up with the news, yep. with the storage of water. But fundamentally, storage near water use, water pumping, is better than storage far away from water pumping. So I'll, mm. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Sharon, uh, we've we got about time to talk about desal, right? Yeah, Sharon, so, uh, so, about three yeah. minutes here. Desal, good, good idea, bad idea, neutral at this point. Okay, so here's what I want to say about this. And if you want to have another conversation in a few months, let me know. We, as a state, need to be considering options and opportunities. Those include augmentation opportunities like desalination but one of the things we have to remember is that we do not have a sea or ocean right next to us i do work i'm very familiar with the water management of israel big difference there they have the mediterranean sea next to to them hmm. so if we're talking about the seawater desalination we're talking about cooperating with another country as in mexico another state as in california to figure out how you might combine sale of water with transfer of water and so forth. I think it should be looked at, but we should not be putting all our eggs in one basket. We, it will take a long time for anything to happen. And we realize that we could come into agreements, but talk about politics like we just did. Political winds could change. 
there could be cancellation of an agreement. But I think we need to look at it. I also, you know, you mentioned earlier the Missouri River, the idea of importing water from the Midwest. I've got to tell you, I used to look at that and say, what are they thinking? But I've heard some people talk about taking flood water from there and moving it, not taking their water that they'd otherwise use, but their flood water. Is it feasible? I have no idea. But that's kind of what people are looking at. I want to tell you another thing that people are looking at that's very controversial is transfers of water, say, from the Colorado River into central Arizona. The idea of the augmentation is if we can increase the pie, then there's not uh, taking from Sally to give to Mary kind of thing. Um, and then one one other thing on desalination is the brackish water, the poor quality groundwater. And there it comes into a number of the regulations related to groundwater and also and safe yield, these management goals. And then what do you do with the brine? So I, I, I think it's wise for us to look at all of the options and not bank on any single one of them because some of them are very complex. They're not only costly, but costly, but they're very complex and involve many jurisdictions. Let's uh, let's leave it there for now. And Sharon, we will take you up on that offer in a few months to have you uh, to have you back on. We started with a simple question that I knew would not have a simple answer. Does Arizona have enough water? And that's guided our conversation ever since. The answer is yes, with an asterisk, if we can conserve and create well and do that sustainably over the future. Uh, and there's a political aspect to that for sure. Sharon is the director of the Water Resources Research Center at the University of Arizona, our guide this morning. Sharon, I appreciate your time. And uh, are there any resources at the center that might be useful for listeners who, who want to get into this a little bit more off the air? Well, for sure, and thank you for asking. I'd love for people to go over to our website, which is wrrc.arizona.edu. On the home page, there's a subscribe button to get our weekly email blast that comes out on Friday. It advertises our webinars. We have great webinars. They're recorded. They're posted on our website. What I say for people, like, what, what, what should people do is become educated. Zach, you're helping that on water resources, and we're working on that constantly. And we engage with the public in many ways. Uh, so please check out our website, check, subscribe to our weekly email, come to our webinars. Uh, they're on Zoom these days. You can ask questions. We have plenty of time for questions, and we'd love to see some of your listeners on that list of registrants. Absolutely. Sharon, once again, thank, can't thank you enough for your uh, generosity of time this morning. We'll do this again soon. Uh, and thank you so much. I can't wait to, for the next conversation. In the meantime, stay safe and healthy out there, Sharon. Thank you. Thank you. When we come back tomorrow, which is Friday, uh, we're going to sit down with the new official director of housing for the state of Arizona, Tom Simplot. We'll also catch up with Liz Pocock, the CEO of Startup Tucson, to talk about an important entrepreneurship initiative in the region. Hugh Hewitt's up next. Bill Buckmaster after that, as always, at noon. That's it for us today. We'll see you at 9 a.m. drive time Friday to close out the week here on Tipping Point on 1030 The Voice. Take care, Tucson.